Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network of Podcasts. This is The Brain, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Yes! Cops. Central organization of police specialists. Fighting crime. In a future time, protecting Empire City from Big Boss and his gang of crooks. Welcome to the 73rd episode of Tooncast, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. I am your host, Steve, John, Mike, and today I'm joined once again by Kevin Optimus Solo Thompson. Hello, sir. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about Kevin's favorite cartoon, Cops. <laughs> Not my favorite cartoon, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode, like, I don't know, five months in the, in, in, in the preparing, because... Pfft, Kevin's like, oh, I haven't finished watching the DVD yet. Well. Shut up. You had all damn summer to do that. <laughs> I'm ignoring oh. you. I told you before, just hire a cheap Mexican to do your yard work. You can watch cartoons all summer. <laughs> if only that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's going on with you? Oh, geez. Um, let's see. Since I have my computer back up and running, I've been spending a lot of time doing different things. Uh, basically, over at uh, BTVA, we have a thing where, you know, if a character has been in more than one show or more than one, you know, movie game, like, you know, Batman or Superman or Optimus Prime, whatever, um, we had basically just a couple months ago put in a way that you could make them all listed on one page, basically. So if you go to any character, any TV show that Batman's in and click on the Batman picture, it brings you up a page with every Batman on it. So I spent this week going through 
every character we have on our entire site and making sure if they needed to be a part of one of those, they are. So that took hours and hours and hours, but it's done. I still say the Shockwave character page needs to have a listing for Corey Burton in Animated because even though the voice is similar to G1 because it was Corey who did it in G1, yeah. it's not the – I mean it is – Well, you're, like, talking about, you're talking about the voice compare page. What I'm talking about is a page separate from that, which does I know, have all of them on there. I know, but still, it, it's <laughs> those things where the voice compare needs to have it on there because the, the Shockwave in Animated was ten times darker – yeah, we're actually going through a debate about that, about a bunch of other characters like that, and some people want only one version of one, t- only an actor to show up one time, and other people will say if it's different, it should show up multiple times. So we're kind of debating about that. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think you if could, it's different enough, it should be on there. Yeah, well, I mean, it it is technically the same voice, but the characterization of Shockwave in animated was different than it was in G1. So you've got Shockwave in animated who is this super spy double agent for Megatron posing as long arm prime. And then of course he's secretly Shockwave where in G1 he showed up what a total of six times and said, Hey, you can't come in here. Stop them. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, basically, you know, I mean, Mm mm-hmm. But uh, no, the, the other page isn't isn't one with sound clips. Like it has like thirty five different versions of Batman on the page, and even if voice actors have done multiple versions, they're all listed. And yeah, you can kind of get a look. It's more for the look of the character than the sound. Yeah. But other than that, I did add a bunch of stuff for a bunch of Disney movies. Um, I added the whole cast for Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. Um, I can't remember what else I've done recently. So I got all those in there, and I just got done adding all of the sound clips to all the characters from the show we're talking about today, Cops. So if anyone wants to hear how the characters sound, the page is done, and you can go look at it. That's my plug. I'm done now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, because when I watched some of these episodes, I was like, wow. Ganon as a crime boss, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we'll get to that. So let's jump right into the history lesson. All right, folks. COPS, or Central Organization of Police Specialists, is an American animated television series released by Deke Entertainment, which ran daily from September of 1988 to September of 1989. The show's tagline was Fighting Crime in a Future Time, um, Protecting Empire City from Big Boss and His Gang of Crooks, The series ran for 65 total episodes. In 1993, the series was shown in reruns on CBS Saturday mornings, but they had to call it Cyber Cops so as not to be confused with the live-action Cops television show. It also would later be rerun on the Cartoon Network. The show was based on Hasbro's 1988 line of action figures called Cops and Crooks. Surprise, surprise. So uh, what do you remember? Do you remember why? You don't remember much about this from when you were a kid, do you? I remember a little bit of it, but not much. I remember, I remember the basic formula, mm-hmm. but as far as individual episodes and storylines, no. Yeah, I don't remember many of the actual storylines, but I rem- I definitely remembered all the characters, and I remembered um, even the voices of some of the characters had really stuck with me. I did remember. The you know the format's kind of unique. There wasn't a lot of cartoons that took this same format as far as like cert- the way they 
you know, opened the show and the way they ended it and stuff like that. But I kind of remember this one in the same vein as I remember Mask and as I remember, um, you know, a couple shows like that. I think, like, Mask and Cops and um, maybe, like, Inhumanoids or Centurions or Visionaries, like, that. they're all kind of like these ones that I, you know, didn't remember as much as, like, Thundercats, Silverhawks, G.I. Joe, Turtles, Transformers, etc. But they were kind of on that second level where I, I have vague memories of some of them, a little bit better on some of the other ones. I don't know if they were all on at the same time without looking, but... You know, I, I remember this one and Mask more than any of the other ones, though. See, I put Mask in that uh, in that higher bracket. Yeah, you probably could. Well, I do because I, I remember Mask more than you do for the most part because I was way into that show. But yeah. um, to, to uh, me, this show is a combination of a cartoon version of a cross between Dick Tracy and RoboCop. I would actually add in a third thing. It's Dick Tracy, RoboCop, and Dragnet. If you look yeah. at the way the the episodes open and close, yeah, that's true. You got the futuristic styles of RoboCop. You got like the the gangster types like Dick Tracy, and then the uh, the crime stuff like get or like uh, Dragnet. I yeah. almost said get smart. What the hell am I thinking? Yeah, messing <laughs> that much. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of how I remember it. I mean. I will admit that this is one of the ones that is better to me only because of my memories of it. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying it's it's aged to the point where it's unwatchable or anything like that because I don't think it's aged that badly. But I just don't think it's as good as I remember it. Right. Which which is true for a lot of cartoons, but I think specifically for this one, you know, a lot of times you're like. No, it's not just the nostalgia. It's not just the memories. I just really love this show. I love it now. I love it then, whatever. But this one, I can kind of tell. I like it mostly because I remember it as a kid. Right, right. I wouldn't force anyone to watch more than a couple episodes of this one. (laughs) And I think the other thing is, for me, it was the animation style. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. But it's one of those things where it's an animation style, or the it's not really the style; it's more the quality of animation mm-hmm. that I don't think is aged well. Yeah, and and basically, there's on the animation. I agree with you. There's a lot of animation where it looks like okay, somebody should be saying something now, and it's just kind of like this static or like this kind of like a pause in the action, and the animation just doesn't fit right. Yeah. Which happens a lot of times, but then every once in a while, and it only happens in a certain episodes, and I, I don't have the names of the episodes right off the top of my head, but there's a couple episodes where it does like a comic book sequence, like, and the animation kind of looks like the actual drawing on a comic book, and it kind of does a, a little sequence, or it does like a little slow-mo action sequence. Those parts are really cool, but apparently that must have cost too much or something, because they only do it a couple times, but that makes the regular animation animation look even worse than it already did. Yeah, but if you can find one of those episodes or has it, I mean, that, it is kind of some cool stuff. It, it makes it very much comic book esque in a cartoon form. Right, right. But I, it seemed like me like they were trying to save money and not let people talk as much. Like if they could avoid a character talking, they did, and instead you just had like a nod or a shake of the head or a kind of a grunt. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the voice cast for this show doesn't read like a who's who of voice casting. So no, it sure doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there's like maybe three people out of fifteen that I know. Yeah, and and a lot of these people 
work together on a lot of different, not a lot of different stuff, but whenever they show up, they show up together. Uh-huh. But you're right, there's only only about two or three people on this whole list that, uh, you know, cartoon fans will have heard of, maybe. Depending on what kind of stuff they are into. Yep. Yep. So I guess we can get into the uh, characters and the voice cast. Um, <laughs> I just... When I watch the... Uh, because I watched the pilot episode today. Yeah. Uh, I find it extremely hard to believe that Bulletproof, after his little surgery thing there, after he gets all the cybernetic stuff, of course, then again, the bad guys that were shooting at him weren't smart enough to shoot him in the head. But, yeah. I mean, I just find it very improbable that all the cybernetics that he has is going to... It's going to deflect the bullets, which it did, but, I mean, there's got to be some sort of ricochet off that that would hit him He's somewhere up in his flesh. He's RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> he didn't have a full helmet, though. That's true. There's 11 um, cops, which, you know, obviously has the periods after him, but you have, you have 11 cops and you got nine crooks, basically, that show up in the, in the show. Yeah. Um, the the cops, like I was telling you, kind of saying off air is, you know, they're kind of a little bit more bland, a little more everyday people like you would expect, um, which is not a dig on the show. I mean, that's what you would do as cops. And the bad guys are much more um, unique and much more interesting, like character designs and, and just personas. I, I definitely like the bad guys better in this show than the good guys. Yeah. Um, but just kind of to go through, obviously you mentioned Bulletproof. That's the leader. And like you said, he's he's even though which is weird because the pilot episode does not air first. The pilot episode doesn't air until like the sixth or seventh episode. So you're introduced to these characters not knowing any type of backstory, and then it brings in the backstory later. So you don't get Bulletproof's backstory as far as how he's injured and whatnot until like six or seven episodes into the series. So it's kind of like a flashback episode. I mean, it, that yeah. I mean, well, they, that's the thing that they, the, with the way that they open and end the show, they could do it in any order because it's basically just pulling out a case here or a case there. Right, right. So it saves them from continuity, I guess, because they could say they didn't, you know, each case is not necessarily in order or something like that, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of like, um, I mentioned uh, back in episode 70 that I was watching uh, The Big Bang Theory, or I was going to watch The Big Bang Theory, the complete third season. There's an episode in that where we finally find out why the elevator in the building that the, that the geeks live in doesn't work. So it's taken them three seasons to tell the story of how the characters of that show first met up and all started to hang out and everything else. So this is the same thing here. I mean, you know, you have, yeah. you know, like you said, since there really wasn't that much continuity to the show, you they you know, just pulling out random case files and you finally – you know, pull mm-hmm. out, oh, this is case number one. Hey, yeah. this is how we all met. <laughs> and there's very few episodes that have any continuity to them at all. There is that two-parter origin story. You know, obviously that has some background continuity to it. There's one other one that um, talks about Bowser and Blitz and their backstory before the dog was bionic. Um, other than that, out of the, I mean, I, I haven't watched all 65 episodes. I've watched about 40 of them, um, cause the other ones aren't out yet. But other than those two episodes, there's never really hardly any continuity in any of them. And, you know, even like 
guest characters or stuff like that, there's only one or two that make a reappearance. Yeah. So so really, there is not a lot of continuity to this show at all. It's really basically one-time shots with mo- almost 95% of the episodes. Yeah. Um, getting back into it, I, I kind of find this surprising, but the, the, the cop that shows up second most is actually Mainframe, who is the computer girl. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because of her character was always by the phone or always the one that was by the computer, so they, you know, it was easy to write her in on every episode, but she appears more than any other cop. And I did not remember that from when I was a kid, so it kind of surprised me watching them back. <laughs> um, and then you have Longarm, who... I always like Longarm because he has the projectile handcuffs or whatever you want to call them. He can shoot handcuffs out of his arm or out of a thing on his arm, and you know that always comes in handy when you're trying to catch a cop that's running away from you. Nice little plot device there. <laughs> oh, just I don't think I was—I don't think I saw an episode where he actually did it, but somehow I'm flashing to Night Scream from Beast Machines with his little tooth thing that he sends out to suck energy out of the vehicons. Yeah, oh. yeah. He he doesn't do it as much as you would think he would, but when he does do it, it's it's kind of cool. Or you can like grab on something and swing like Tarzan or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hardtop is the rookie of the group. He's basically a first year cop, and you know a lot of the other cops give him a rough time because he's the rookie or he's a youngster. They think he doesn't know anything, and he also has a crush on um on another character that we'll get to later. Um. And he's, but all the cops kind of have a crush on her, but he's the one that they reveal the most about it. Uh, uh, Highway is the basically the the driver of the group. He's always driving. He has kind of a sweet sweet ass car that he drives around. He's also an arrogant prick. <laughs> um, he's always trying to get the you know get the TV's attention and talk to the reporters. And usually he brags or something, and then later on ends up getting you know uh, does something stupid or gets caught on tape when he's when he fails at something so then he always has kind of like a humbling experience but it, it seems like the very next episode he he's arrogant again so <laughs> and he always gives hardtop a hard time because they're both kind of like the drivers so i don't know if he thinks hardtop's kind of like you know cutting in on his turf or whatnot but um barricade there's not much to say barricade doesn't show up a whole lot um compared to the other ones but he does have the cool little tool that he uses to bust down doors and whatnot so he basically is the breaker he breaks stuff down um i i I don't like the way that barricade bullseye um highway and hardtop they all they all kind of look the same (laughs) um you know they're all just barricade and long arm are blonde headed guys and hardtop highway are 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 brown headed and bullseye brown headed guys but other than that there's sometimes hard to tell apart like they didn't they didn't change much in the characters um who else we got oh of course bowser's the canine unit so he has a little dog robot dog named blitz that he he goes around with um mace he's kind of the oddball cop the renegade that's always quick to act and uh he's got some cool shades and he he, he's not in the blue uniform like most of the other ones he's kind of got that uh orangish uniform going on yeah like unlike the rest and then uh two more cop characters sundown he's a wild west cop he's pretty cool but they never use him (laughs) i mean like in the 40 episodes i watched he talked in maybe like six or seven of them (laughs) so i wish they would have used him more and they they use the next one even less mirage is kind of a random female cop she really has every all the other ones kind of have like a specific persona like they're you know 
this arrogant prick or they're the rookie or they're the Western cop. I don't know what Mirage's purpose is in this show. Yeah. Um, I only heard her talk like three times. So I guess it was just to sell another action figure for her. Did you did, in the episodes you watched? Did you have like a favorite one of the good guys, or did you have some that you liked or some that you disliked? Um, I don't know, I, <laughs> I like seeing Bowser and Blitz, but that's because I've always kind of liked the whole canine unit thing. But yeah. um, I don't know. I guess mainframe. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I like long arm. Like I said, because I kind of always like the handcuffs and. I guess I kind of like bulletproof, but other than that, I don't. I don't really like hardly any of the good guys. <laughs> I am a bad guy fan on this show. Besides bulletproof, long arm, and I do like um, a couple. I like the voice of Barricade, which we'll get into later. But as far as just characters go, bulletproof and long arm are about the only two I like. Yeah, Hardtop was supposed to be kind of the fan favorite. He was supposed to be the one that the kids could. Uh, could kind of relate to because he's the rookie, the youngster in the group. Yeah. Um, and they, he definitely shows up a lot. Like other than mainframe and bulletproof, he probably shows up the most. Mm. Um, but I just didn't, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't find him as appealing as I think they hoped kids would. Right. And then for the bad guys, you have big boss who is, uh, the main bad guy, crime syndicate leader. And, <laughs> uh, it's, I'm telling you, you, you you give Ganon a, uh, a mob accent, you got Big Boss. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, that's the other thing. Big Boss reminded me again, going back to what we said earlier about this is this show is a combination of multiple things. It reminded me of Big Boy Caprice from Dick Tracy. Yeah, it reminded me of that. He reminded me a little bit of Dr. Claw at times, just because he always had this like little weasel cat thing that he had in his lap. and But he's definitely... Out of all of them, he's the biggest um, kind of hark back to like the the old gangster type flicks. Yeah. Then you have Doctor Bad Vibes, who is the scientist or the brains and the schemes and inventing whatever. I don't know. At first, I thought he were I thought he, thought he reminded me of Pruneface, and then we'll, we'll get to this one later. I, I saw uh, Buttons McBoom Boom, which he's mm-hmm. definitely a Pruneface type, but. Uh, uh, I don't know. Doctor Bad Vibes just didn't. I don't know. It just wasn't my <laughs> favorite. He's your typical mad scientist weirdo. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and then Berserko is pretty much either Bebop or Rocksteady of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's also the nephew of the big boss, so yeah. they always they always talk about that, and the big boss is always embarrassed of him. Yep. Then you have Rock Crusher, who is the dumb muscle. So. Again, insert Bebop or Rocksteady reference there. <laughs> um, yeah, Ber- Berserko and Tur- Turbo Two-Tone, that's an excellent description. They're basically, or not Turbo Two-Tone, Berserko and Rock Crusher are basically Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Especially since one of them's called Rock Crusher. I know, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like Turbo Two-Tone. He's the smart muscle of the group. Yeah, he's a little different than the other two because he actually has some brains, and I'm with you. I kind of liked him out of the three of them. Yeah. <clears throat> And then you got Squeaky Clean. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can r- r- say what I wrote down about him. but <laughs> that, That's horrible. It's basically Big Boss's bitch, butlers, and servant. Oh, God. <laughs> that is basically what he is. Uh, 
you know, every mob mob man has their little sidekick guy that does all the shit for him. It's like uh, it, it reminds me of, and you're gonna hate this because I'm gonna bring up uh, Silverhawks, but it Copper reminds kid. me. What's that? Copper Kid. <laughs> no, not Copper Kid. Uh, Monstar had the little guy that always turned his thing on to create. Oh Monstar. yeah, yeah. And it, it, he's just like that little bitch guy that just like does whatever he's told and like helps <laughs> out the main guy. <laughs> And your your guy here next. Uh yeah. Um Buttons McBoom Boom and just I, I swear he's Oh I didn't know that, but uh I didn't know he he had a gun for a chest, but <laughs> he basically yeah, he, if he opens his coat, a gun protrudes out from his like stomach or chest area and he just like blows things up. But just the way his, his, his character design is on his face, it reminds me of Prune Face from Dick Tracy. It just oh, yeah. Him and Big Boss are definitely the, the old school mobsters. Yeah. And then you got Nightshade, who is the thief and the young female, and Ms. Demeanor, who is the older female crook. I love that they called the character Miss Demeanor. Miss Demeanor, yeah. That's, they always do stuff like that in cop shows like this. Not just animation, but I, that that name has been used forever. Yeah, I hate Miss Demeanor. I'm just going to jump right in with... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bad guys I hate. I hate misdemeanor because I just don't think she was necessary. I think she's kind of like Mirage was for the cops. They just weren't necessary. Um, yeah. And I also hate Berserko and Rock Crusher. They're just dumb muscle jacks and I can't stand Berserko's voice so I, I don't like them you heard it here first folks Kevin hates Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> I like Turbo Two-Tone because he actually has some smarts to him and I kind of like his look I I like Buttons McBoom Boom because he's just a badass yeah. he's just that silent assassin who's awesome I like Nightshade because I've always liked those kind of like the ones that are, I mean, she's like the smart, like, undercover type, like, under-the-radar thief that can just, like, do whatever, Mission Impossible style. She's sure. cool. Um, I like Squeaky Clean, even though he's a bitch. <laughs> and, I don't know, Big Boss and Dr. Bad Vibes, I don't really have too many. I don't like or dislike them. But if I had to pick my favorite bad guy, it's probably Buttons McBoom Boom. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, so moving into the very lackluster voice oh, cast. I, 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 just before we get there, I should just say real quick, the only characters really that recur at all are Whitney Morgan, who's a reporter, and uh, Mayor Davis, who's basically the mayor of Empire City. And Whitney Morgan's the one that Hardtop has the crush on. Oh. So just throw those two out there. I don't really like either character, but just throwing them out there. Um. Yeah, so getting into the very lackluster voice cast, like I said before, there's maybe three names in this entire voice cast that I recognize. Len Carlson, Dan Hennessy, uh, Polina Gillis, I think there was John one. Stocker. Other one. Should be John Stocker. He's in like, uh, yeah. he's in Te- like Teddy Ruxpin or like some other, he was in other stuff in the 80s. Yeah, but the rest of them, I don't recognize any of these people. 
Yeah, and most of them, like I said, they work together in other projects. Like, they were all in ALF or whatever it was, the animated series. Or not all of them, but, like, four or five of them were. Yeah. Um, but most of these people did not do anything before or after Cops. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. But just kind of saying, besides the people that, I, you know, we haven't really heard of, besides, like you said, Len Carlson and, you know, Dan Hennessy or whatever, um, as far as voices I liked on the series, I loved Bulletproof's voice. Just because I thought it was perfect for this role, he does. He's the main cop. He does the you know the introduction. He introduces and closes every show. Yeah. And he just has this super deep voice, and I can't believe he did not get more voice work outside of this unless he wasn't looking for it. But I love his voice. I love Big Boss's voice. I actually have a friend that can do Big Boss's voice perfectly, and it always cracks me up. And I love uh, Barricade's voice. Other than that, the voices are just very... The other voices are just kind of... I don't know. I don't know if it's because they had a lack of experience, but like Bullseye, for example, his voice is terrible. Um, and most of the other guys just have kind of bland voices that they don't really do much with. Yeah. With the exception of maybe Dr. Bad Vibes and uh, uh, Squeaky Clean, they do have some unique voices. Um, I don't necessarily love them, but I kind of like Squeaky Clean's. But, but most of the cops are just generic voices. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ken Ryan is bulletproof. You know, he like like you said, he does have a really commanding voice, and it's a nice voice for the series. And then, you know, I I keep referencing Ganon from Legend of Zelda because uh, let's face it, Len Carlson was Ganon, mm-hmm. and it just when I was watching the, some of the episodes, I'm like, oh. It sounds like Ganon the Crime Boss. <laughs> oh, another thing Len Carlson was on, I just forgot. Len Carlson and uh, Marvin Goldhar, who are Big Boss and Squeaky Clean, they're both on the show from the 80s, The Raccoons. Oh. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but basically a family of raccoons, or not a family of raccoons, but like animated raccoons. Um, it was pretty popular in the 80s, had a lot of episodes, but they're both on that. So one other thing they did besides Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so are we done with this one? Yeah, I think we're pretty good. I don't think there's any other names necessarily that are worth mentioning besides the ones we did already. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised, uh, there is no clarification for Blitz, the dog. Very surprised at that, because, you know, usually you have a dog, it's Frank Welker, and he's nowhere attached to this series whatsoever. Yeah, so... I don't know if the, one of these, if possible, that just one of the regular voice actors did the sound effects for Blitz, or maybe they did so, actually use sound effects. I don't know. It sounded like it was a person, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. So getting into the behind-the-scenes segment here, we have for producing the series Andy Hayward. Oh, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Robbie London, and Richard Rainus, and Dick, or not Dick, uh, Jack. What did you say about my anus? Shut up. <laughs> Oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> and then Jack Spillum? Jack Spillum, yeah. Spillum in my rainus? Oh, oh God. <laughs> we have heard of Andy Hayward, though, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, the production companies was Deke and Hasbro. Uh, the directors and writers, I recognize some of these guys. Director Kevin Altieri, I recognize from, uh, he would go on to do Batman the Animated Series. Uh, writers, of course, David Wise, Dwayne Capizzi, and Bob Forward. I recognize those guys. 
I also remember, I also recognize Carl, I don't know if you say it, Masic or Masic. I don't know why I recognize him, but I do recognize him from something. I don't. <laughs> well, you bastard child. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, you've got some good, you know, regardless of the animation of the show or the, not really the, not really the animation, but just the way it was laid out and just the, the quality of the animation more than the actual style of it. Besides that, you know, you've got some really good writers writing this stuff, so... Yeah. Oh, he, uh... Carl Masick was one of the main writers on Robotech. Oh. For those people that know what Robotech is. (laughs) Not me! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, moving on then. No, I I like the writing, and, you know, this... That's why I said it's aged all right because the stories are in the writing is still good. It's just like you said, the animation is what has not aged well at all. Yeah. And then again, you know, we are still ten years off from when this actually <laughs> took place, so yeah, it doesn't happen yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting into the actual show, do you want to summarize the plot for us? Yeah, I mean, basically, you're, you were, we're in 2020, the year 2020, so we're ten years ahead of what we are right now. In a place called Empire City, which might as well be called New York City. Um, and basically you have this uh, bulletproof guy who's recruited by the mayor to um, form a team, recruit members to be on this special cops team, and fight against the you know the crime syndication or syndicate uh, led by Big Boss. So that's basically you know the gist of it. Every, um, every episode has a title that begins, The Case Of, and then insert whatever you want, like The Case Of, The Baby Bad Guy, The Case Of, The Highway Robbery, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then basically, um, along with the cop's file number, each, each uh, episode has a specific number, completely irrelevant what it is. Um, and then Bullproof would narrate at the beginning of the episode as well as the end, and he would always um, conclude by repeating the cop's file number and then saying case closed right. and then a close stamp would go over the file because it actually showed a file with like a black and white picture of yeah. something um there was two two-part shows um the case of big boss master plan and the case of cops file number one which is the origin story those are both two parts so instead of saying case closed at the end they just said case continued right um and then of course um just to kind of give you some stuff that always happens uh, every episode one member of cops whether it's uh bulletproof or a uh, any of the other cops says it's crime fighting time at some point. That's kind of the battle cry for when they're all going to, you know, finally go get the, get the crooks. Mm-hmm. And they, they always kind of shout it. And they actually make fun of themselves because one episode bulletproof's not there and they get the call that they need backup or whatever. And, uh, I can't remember if it's highway or I think it's highway. He looks around and he's sitting at his desk. He's like, come on, who's going to say it? <laughs> and then he's like, it's crime fighting time <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that they kind of make fun of their own things. Um, and then the crooks always say crime's a wasting. Yeah. And that's usually, Berserko says it the most, but they kind of spread that around too. It's not quite as cool as it's crime fighting time, but, um, and then what else? Um, oh, at the end, and this is one part about this story that I kind of have a problem with. At the end, when they're doing the case closed thing, right before that, he'll explain, he'll sum up what happens. So if something was stolen, Bulletproof will be like, the diamonds were returned to the Empire City, you know, bank or whatever. And then he'll say, so-and-so, Berserko and Turbo Two-Tone landed up in, you know, ended up in jail or were arrested. 
he doesn't say that every episode, but most episodes he'll say so and so has been arrested. Right. But the very next episode they're out of jail, apparently. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I just wish like they would have like had a couple times where like let's say they put like uh for some of the characters that don't show up as much, like misdemeanor, put her in jail and then show have a couple episodes where she's not in and then have an episode where you actually like break her out or something. That I thought that would have been cool. But again, you're you're going against what the show type yeah. is, which was there's basically just random. Yeah, there, there's no continuity whatsoever. So, but as a kid, I remember that bugging me because I'd be like, "Why aren't they in jail? The cops already caught them." Because I wanted, I wanted it to be like basically you caught, um, let's say, uh, Rock Crusher. Yeah. He goes in jail, and then you don't really have to see him again. They bring in a new bad guy. You know what I mean? I kind of always wanted new bad guys. And once you were in jail, you were basically done. But obviously you can't do that if you want to sell toys. Obviously not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So getting into the music segment here, the music for the series was created by, surprise, surprise, Saban and Levy. Um, uh, Shooky Levy, who wrote and composed music for the real Ghostbusters, Mask, X-Men, the animated series, Dragon Ball Z, English dubbed version, Digimon, English dubbed version, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, while the cops theme music was written and composed by the creator of the Power Rangers series, Ham Saban. It was sung by Nick Carr. Uh, which, you know, again, it's a good theme the, song. Yeah, you like the theme song? It's it's okay. It's, I don't necessarily like it. <laughs> I like Bulletproof, and I like the musical part, but I like my theme song to have some type of song to it. <laughs> well, I actually like the outro better. Because yeah, it it's more or less music put to him, g- telling you who's on the cops team and who. And that was that was kind of a cool way. I know it was probably just for toy selling purposes, so you didn't forget who's who. But I really liked that at the end they did a roll call of all the cops and all. Well, they missed a couple, but basically all the cops and all the crooks. Yeah, I thought that was really cool how they showed each one, and then you know Bulletproof doing it. They're his voice. Ken Ryan was great choice. Yep. So getting into the legacy segment here, uh, how's that IMDb list doing? Uh, it's not, not going to list cops anywhere. <laughs> uh, it does have DVD releases on February 28th, 2006, Shout Factory released Cops Volume 1, a four-disc box set featuring the first 22 episodes on DVD in Region 1. It includes concept art, storyboard to screen, and some of the original PSAs that were shown after the episodes. Volume 2 was released as a Shout Factory select title available exclusively through their online store. In the Shout Factory box set, part 1 of the case of the cops file number 1 has two introduction scenes of Highway and Sundown excised from the episode. It is not known other possible time constraints why Shout Factory did this. The cops 3 episode DVD single, Cops Fighting Crime in a Future Time, does have the footage, however. Uh, That's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I I have both volume one and volume two of the dvds um they each have about 20 22 episodes or so yeah so you know they, they made it so there could be a volume three with 20 more episodes which would get it to at 65 yeah the if you're an art person i guess the dvd bonus features would be all right because there's lots of concept art or like painting or storyboard to screen type stuff and but the the bonus features on these dvds suck yeah. There is nothing, no behind the scenes, no talking with writers, no talking with directors, no talking with producers, no talking with voice talent, no 
information about things. They don't even show the toys, like nothing. And I realized that they knew it wasn't going to be a big selling DVD, but the stuff that they have on the bonus features might as well not even be bonus features. It might, it's almost like saying a, it's a bonus feature that it includes the widescreen and full screen on like a movie. <laughs> um, you know, I think the DVDs did a good job of cleaning up the, the, the animation as much as, or the, the look of it as much as possible. And, yeah. you know, it's decent quality as far as viewing the episodes, but come on, throw me a bone shout. You usually do much better than on the bonus features. Yep. <laughs> boo, boo on the DVD bonus features. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so and, and, well, I'm not done on the DVDs. I got to rant one more thing. Not only did they cheat by not having the bonus, good bonus features, the actual graphics on the DVDs. Um, in the the first volume, you have long arm on the first disc, um, bulletproof on the second one, Bowser on the third one, and then a combination of mainframe and uh, sundown on the fourth one. They used the exact same pictures on the Volume 2 DVD. <laughs> and the pictures match the back of the DVD, like the back cover art of the DVD, are the same pictures in a group shot. <laughs> so it's like they took this group shot, took each one of the faces, and cropped it out, put it on a DVD, and then used the exact same one for the next volume of DVDs. <laughs> so I guess they didn't really care too much about this one. Guess not. I'm done now. <laughs> so there are toys. <laughs> Cops and Crooks was a line of action figures produced by Hasbro and sold between 1988 and 1989. These figures are made up of police and criminals of the future and uses a tagline, fighting crime in a future time. Uh, in the packages containing the Cops figures, only the Cops logo is shown, while the packages containing the Crooks figures features only the phrase, and Crooks. That's weird. Cops and crooks. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. Shown right next to the logo. Each figure is fully articulated and posable, standing about six inches tall. On the average, came with a cap gun and accessories that allowed the kids who played with them to fire off their weapons by pulling back the trigger and releasing it to cause a spark and popping noise when the trigger slams into the strip of cap firing paper. Actually, I take that back. I do remember the toys now. Oh, good. <laughs> because it was awesome that they had a cap gun with them. How, how often could you buy a toy that actually had a gun that fired shit? Yeah, I I guess. <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. I do have the I currently have the Big Boss toy without the cap gun. Um he just has uh something else and that he's carrying. I don't even really know what it is. Um but he's a decent figure, but now that you mention it, I do remember I don't know if I ever actually had one, but maybe one of my friends had one and I remember shooting the cap gun and thinking that was so cool as this... a seven-year-old this sounds like the worst toy line ever it's great each figure also had a file card printed on the back of the package that contained a biography of the character these file cards were written by larry hama who also wrote the file cards for the hasbro's gi joe action figures the artwork made for each package is illustrated by bart sears mark pennington and McNabb studios Several female cops and crooks characters, Mainframe, Nightshade, Mirage, and Ms. Demeanor, appeared in the cartoon and the comics, but were never released as action figures. Thank God for that. <laughs> they didn't care about any girls buying their toys. They just wanted boys <laughs> that liked to fire guns to buy their toys. And that's why they were probably only on the shelves for a couple of years, because people probably were like, wait a second, they have guns that you can fire? Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I want one of those cap guns now, damn it. 
No. In my in my ever going ongoing search for a bulletproof figure, and for all those listening out there, if you can find me a bulletproof figure, let me know. I will pay almost whatever I need to pay for it. Screw that. Make it a donation. Just donate it. To him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I have basically have a collection of heroes and villains, and I need bulletproof to go with Big Boss to complete my cops so I can move on to another show. Oh boy. I so, have I have ten of them. <laughs> You have got ten, all the classics. Ten of no. the same figure? No, no, no. Good guys, bad guys. Like okay. Optimus Prime and Megatron. Was, okay, I was going to say, what the hell? He-Man, Skeletor, that type of stuff. Uh, all right, so I guess we're going to head to some voicemail and we'll be back. Tune guys will be back after these messages. Chief Quimby here, and your assignment is to listen to all the Geekcast Radio Network's podcasts. This is Dr. Wiley, and I will destroy Mega Man while listening to TuneCast! Hey guys, my name is Edward Cho, uh, Ed 3D Prime uh, username on PS3. I really loved uh, the Cops cartoon back in the late 80s. Uh, Bulletproof was the man, was kind of like the Obama of uh, the ladies taking charge of that uh, that goofy uh, cop squad and um, Dr. Bad Vibes wasn't too bad of a villain himself as the uh, prototypical mad scientist evildoer alright, keep up the good work bye now back to Tunecast so final thoughts on cops um, I kind of like what I said before. I loved cops when I was a kid. I loved that the toys came with cap guns. I loved uh, Bulletproof. I loved some of the bad guys, and I loved the way they did it. That being said, I wouldn't. Ne- I would never put it up with the other ones we mentioned before. This was kind of like a second tier boys action uh, cartoon in the '80s. Um, it's worth watching a few episodes, especially if you like, you know, like uh, not not just cop cartoons, but if you like like. Um, crimes you know like uh, dick tracy type stuff if you like like old-fashioned not like current comic book stuff but if you like old comic book like even marvel and dc stuff it kind of has that whole vibe to it of the old stuff um so it's worth watching a few episodes i don't necessarily suggest buying the dvds not because it's not worth it but because the bonus features are so terrible um but i would definitely put it in like a you know like a top i don't know top 40 or 50 list of cartoons from the 80s but it would not break my top 20 well thank god for that silverhawks is better than it i can agree with that but thundercats (laughs) is better than silverhawks oh god (laughs) um and uh, i don't know i just this show really didn't do it for me at all um (laughs) it, it just didn't the you know the voice acting you know the the character voices is, is great for what the show was. Um, I put Mask way ahead of this show. Mask is on that, for me, it's on that main level with Transformers, G.I. Joe, all the, you know, the big 80s names. This, because, and I think another thing that, really su- that this really suffered from was, look when it came out, 88, 89, 88 to 89. Hello, Turtle Mania. And, and it's basically the same format. I mean, it's not the same format, but it's like the Turtles in the fact that you have basically, it's an action thing where you have a group of good characters fighting a group of bad characters, but I know Turtles wasn't as, like, comic as, like, the, as they were in, like, Turtles Forever, but 
Turtles was kind of a, you know, make jokes, be funny, and have the action. And that's kind of what Cops was trying to do, too. So it wasn't, you know, having two things competing against each other when one's so much superior was not a good idea. Mm. Yeah. I guess if, you know, you pour some mutagen on, on Bulletproof and, and, and everybody, you could have them turn into turtles. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they were both, they didn't take themselves so seriously they couldn't make fun of things and, you know, kind of have some humor involved. Whereas, yeah. like, you didn't really see that in the previous action. Like, you didn't have a lot of humor in, like, you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe, or at least not the same type of humor. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, so I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us here on TuneCast. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can comment on each episode post. Join the forums, predicanempire.com slash nexus. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is GCR and TuneCast. Mine is TFU and Mike. What is your Twitter Boss K Dog. Become a fan on Facebook. Search Geekcast Radio Network. We are still currently running the Stan Bush giveaway where we will give away two prize packs of Stan Bush stuff an autographed CD and t shirt. If you help us get to 200 fans, we'll give a set away. And if we get to 300 fans, we'll give a second set away. We are currently at 121 fans on Facebook. Uh, call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name 502 526 5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of TuneCast and wish you will join us next time when we will be reminiscing on Hey kids, go eat your spinach. It's Popeye the Sailor Man. Woo woo! Oh, that was a bad cross between Popeye and something from the Snorks. <laughs> oh boy. For now, I am TFG and Mike with Optimus Solo from BehindTheVoiceActors.com Thank you for listening. Until next time.